I'ma buy low, then I'ma sell high. Bloody red Ferrari when you see me fly by. My brokers think I'm crazy, cause I'm taking all these chances. Chances, 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 chances. I'ma buy low, then I'ma sell high. Bloody red Ferrari when you see me fly by. Brokers think I'm crazy, cause I'm taking all these chances. Welcome to another episode of Stuffing the Stat Sheet. I'm your host, Joey Ricotta, and today we're going to do a part two. It's a part two series of our Buy Low uh, series that we're doing for Dynasty Football, Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um, the part one we did was on wide receivers and tight ends, and this time Mike Finelli joins me once again to talk quarterbacks and running backs that you should be buying low on. Mike, how's it going? Going good, man. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. Uh, really enjoyed doing this. Let's give the people some good buy-low targets as we wrap up free agency and head towards the draft. Yeah, it's been an interesting period here. Um, one that I'm not too fond of, being a Bears fan. Uh, <laughs> you know, they've made some some interesting moves, to say the least, and none of which I'm really all that pleased about. So, um but we're not going to talk about that today. What we are going to talk about is, as we said, quarterbacks and running backs. So let's just start there. Let's jump into it. Let's talk about some of these buy-low quarterback options. Um, Mike, give me one guy that you're buying low on right now. Well, in one QB leagues, which you really shouldn't be playing it anymore, honestly, but in one QB leagues, buying low on quarterbacks is hard because there's a plethora of options out there. Even in 12-team leagues, there's still almost three starters to every team on average. So what we're going to talk about is mostly about super flex leagues. And guys I like to target is older quarterbacks. Big Ben, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, three names on top of my head you want to target. This time last year, I would have mentioned Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. And yes, you only would have gotten a year out of them, but it didn't, won't cost you much. Um, I was telling Joey after we recorded last time that I snagged Big Ben in a super flex league during the rookie draft for, I think I was like, 401 rookie pick or 402 and he's my fourth QB but it came in handy because I had injuries and you know there's a couple of good weeks I got a big bet and helped me win a title so you always want to target those older guys because everybody's big big uh big love with dynasty is the age thing and quarterbacks last long last longer in their career to play Drew Brees is in his 40s Brady's 43 and still playing phenomenal Matt Ryan is 37 I believe and still playing well and the Falcons just redid his contract so they kind of commit themselves to him through the 2022 season. So he's going to be in Atlanta with that crappy defense, all those weapons he has, and a division that puts up points in a dome. He's the guy I would target the most. He's been consistently good, has a lot of upside. He has two elite receivers. He got Hayden Hurst. They may take Kyle Pitts at fourth overall, giving him two elite tight ends. They have a crappy defense. New Orleans is still going to put up points post-freeze. Carolina is going to put up points. We know Tampa is going to put up points. They're going to get into shootouts. Matt Ryan is the veteran of the quarterback that I really want to target. I had a Superflex Dynasty League, 10 teams, Scott Fishbowl scoring, traded 205 and some other, you know, nickels and dimes to get Matt Ryan where I really needed a quarterback. So, again, the age is the deterrent, but if you just need a stopgap for a couple of years, that's the kind of guy I want to target. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm on board with that. Um... I knew you were going to mention him, so I 
just refrained from writing him down on my list. So, um, but you get my full approval on that. Um, I do like that a lot. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think, I think people, a lot of times they sleep on these, these older veterans, uh, especially in dynasty leagues, because the younger, uh, higher upside players, you know, a lot of these guys coming through the draft are guys that, you know, are just maybe played one, one season, um, guys that just fall in love with them and they just want all these young quarterbacks or just players in general on their team. But, uh, sometimes you overlook some good value there. Um, especially with quarterbacks that, you know, yeah, they might be old and boring, but they're not quite dusty yet. So, uh, I think Matt Ryan, he falls right into that category. Um, uh, the first guy I'm going to talk about, uh, Let's see how you think of how you feel about this one, um, Sam Darnold. So, I think it's only a matter of time before the Jets move on from him, uh, whether it, it be drafting someone like Zach Wilson or trading for one. Uh, the, the Jets are going to get their quarterback, I think. Um, depending on where Darnold winds up, you know, maybe he finds some success and a change of scenery. But I'm willing to take that gamble. I'm blaming most of his failures on the ineptness of the Jets' organization and Adam Gase's crazy press conference eyes and play-calling abilities, or lack thereof. Um, even if the Jets decide to draft a lineman like Penny Sewell instead and hang on to Darnold, you know, he, he will be put in a better situation than he previously was. So uh, Darnold's somebody that I, I, I want to buy low on now because I feel like you know, many people were looking at him like, well, he's trash. And uh, some, of, some of the tweets that have come out surfacing about um, other GMs maybe feeling the same way. Um, yeah, that might be true. But I'm willing to take a shot that maybe he can discover something going to play for somebody else. And, and even if he plays with the Jets, I feel like he can be somewhat productive, um, you know, with a better situation around him. And he'll still get you some decent fantasy points. I wouldn't give up a ton for him, but uh, I'm willing to go out there and get him. How do you feel about uh, Sam Darnold? 100% agree. I agree that Darnold's struggles have been mostly on the shoulders of the Jets' incompetence and bad decision-making. I have a lot of faith in Joe Douglas and what he's done so far in the year and a half he's been there with the Jets. Makai um, Becton last year was a slam dunk. Pick at 11. He looks like a future all pro. They've done in the, in the offseason adding, you know, playmakers in Corey Davis. I like the Keelan Cole signing as an under the radar move for them. They have several draft picks that can go out and sign more receive or draft receivers, draft offensive linemen. If he's back with the Jets next year, I think he finally breaks out and they realize this kid's talented. His situation's just been awful. Um, I have him in several leagues as well. I drafted him a bunch of startup dynasties last year. He was like the second or third to last quarterback amongst the starters taken. And I'm okay with that because I think he really can't turn around. And like you said, if he gets traded somewhere in a better situation, maybe he ends up in Tampa to post Brady or he ends up in Pittsburgh post Big Ben or he ends up in Washington where they've got some nice pieces. Just He's shown flashes, but he's done it with nothing around him. Give him a supporting cast, and he doesn't have to turn into a star quarterback who's going to plug and play with like a Mahomes or even a Justin Herbert or whatever else. But if he's your two or, you know, third, you know, QB three even, and it's world teamer, that's not a bad situation to be in. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, I wouldn't be taking him as uh, with the expectation of him being your QB1 or even QB2. Uh, but, um, yeah, depth is something you're always searching for in super flex leagues. So I definitely want a, uh, a depth guy with his abilities or uh, potential to be better anyways. Um, Mike, give me another guy. Who's another guy that you're buying low on right now? I was going to bring up Darnold, but this is going <laughs> to hurt to say and hurt to hear from some people, but. Jared Goff, and before we all hear the booze and he's awful and he's in Detroit and he has no weapons and yada, 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 the Lions suck. That's a fact. The only team in the division might be worse than them is the Bears. But um, we're, we're going we're to see Goff have to do a lot more now. There's no Todd Gurley. There's no Cam Akers in the backfield. There's no Sean McVay running the place. There's no offensive line that the Rams have. There's no Cooks in Woods. And there's no defense. That's the important part. They play in a division where the Vikings can put up points, Packers can put up points, and the Bears on a good day can put up points. In terms of defense, they're going to be able to stop any of them, which just means Jared Goff is going to have plenty of opportunity to play against soft coverage and, you know, garbage time points and score. Tyrell Williams, if he can stay healthy, is not a bad receiver. Rashad Perriman is mediocre. Um, we talked about Quinton Cyphers the last time we were, I was on here. And they're going to probably draft a receiver with the seventh pick. Or if they move back, they're probably going to get at least one receiver in the draft. So they're going to have some weapons. And he's got TJ Hawkinson. So, is again, is Goff going to be your QB1? No. Is he your QB2? Only if I was on the lower end of your QB2 is because he had a better roster elsewhere. But this is like Blake Bortles with the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2013, I think it was, where Robinson and Hearns both finished top ten because Bortles was trashed the first three quarters of the game. And then the fourth quarter, they just dropped in the cover four, and Bortles put up 25 points in the fourth quarter. So you, it doesn't have to be pretty. Fancy points matter the same in the first or the fourth quarter. And right now, everybody's uh, opinion of golf is he's awful, he's trash. The Rams had to pay to get the Lions to take him. You don't want him. They're going to have to chase points. And he's capable of throwing the ball. He's not like Bortles awful. So you probably get him for a third-round pick in Superflex leagues, maybe. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you might even be able to get him for less, I think. Uh, probably third-round pick would be a safe. Um, it's a safe assumption. But I think a lot of people, like the next guy I'm going to mention, I think they're just really low on golf, you know, especially considering when you look at all that the um, Rams were able to give up in order to get Stafford. Um, it's kind of telling you know, but it's also, you know, we're playing fantasy football. We're not playing real football, you know, and, and I, I agree with you. I think golf is going to have to do a lot um, and at least a, a lot to prove himself this season. So it, to the Lions and to, uh, you know, everybody else that's doubting him, but um, and to see if they're actually going to want to stick with him uh, for the future. Um, the next guy that I want to talk about is, who, like I said, is kind of like Dalton or kind of like Goff in a way. It's it's Andy Dalton, but not to the same pedigree. I mean, we know what Dalton is at this point, and the Bears have been kind of a laughing stock of the offseason. And I didn't want to talk about them, but, uh, you know, we're talking by lows, and I think he's going to be extremely cheap because nobody thinks Dalton's any good. Um, 
this would be more of like a short-term move. But he's already been named quarterback one in a tweet put out by the Bears themselves, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous to me because it's like they're asking for negative attention at this point because he cannot sell to this fan base that he is a legit quarterback one. It's just not happening. But they did give him $10 million. And Dalton also said he wanted to come to Chicago. And it's of the belief that he'll be the starting quarterback. So, um, you know, the Bears could still tr- might trade up and to get a quarterback in the draft, but it's not guaranteed that the quarterback selected will come in and start. Uh, in fact, it's more likely that he doesn't, given the fact that Dalton was paid the money that he was. And they had to cut Kyle Fuller just to help find some cap space. So, um, yeah, the GM and the coach need Dalton to perform. So, you know, like I said, it's a short-term move. But, you know, if you'd rather have depth at quarterback spot in the Superflex leagues, he's not a bad option for some guaranteed points. Um, You're definitely not trading for him to be like your quarterback one, quarterback two, maybe not even your quarterback three, but um, it's always good to have some depth, especially with – uh, injuries to quarterbacks. So, how do you feel about Dalton? Yeah, it's not a it's not a sexy ad. It's you know Andy Dalton were like meh, and it's Chicago's offense and outside of Robinson were kind of like meh. But yeah, I'm plugging right. my nose as I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, in, in a superflex league, every starter's got to be rostered, and half the backups typically are as well, depending on the league size. And you could probably get him for next to nothing or close to next to nothing. And again. It's a depth move. It's a QB three or four for you. And, you know, you don't want to get caught in a spot where you have to play a regular flex player in your super flex spot against your opponent who has Mahomes and a Justin Herbert or whatever, and you know you're going to get screwed in that spot. Get a quarterback, and it is what it is. And like, you know, like you said, Dalton's not going to impress anybody, but he does have Allen Robinson, and Allen Robinson is an elite receiver. And he does have Cole Komet, who's emerging tight end. They got Montgomery, and they got other pieces. And what's just happen? And like you said, they're not likely to draft the rookie because there's not likely to be one there at pick 20 for them, especially with all the teams in the top 10, New England at 15, Washington at 19. They're going to have to move up. And I don't know if uh, they're going to make that kind of move with their jobs on the line in Chicago for a rookie and they feel pressure they got to play the rookie. Now, Dalton's probably a safe bet to play all 16 games this year, barring injury. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty safe to, to play. As long as he doesn't completely shit the bed like Mike Glennon did, um, I don't yeah, see any even, reason why even you. Would... Then, even then, they had Trubisky waiting in the wings, so it's pressure to do that. Where are they going to go back to? Nick Foles. Right. Well, Fol- I think. Well, what I'm thinking with this is I'm I'm almost positive Nick Foles won't be on the roster um, if they draft a quarterback. So, I think I think it's almost guaranteed that they will at some point in the draft, whether it's at 20, whether it's in the second round, third round, wherever. I think they're going to draft uh, a quarterback. So, And I don't think Foles is going to be on the roster because, you know, they could use that cap space. So um, they're going to find a way to, to shell him off. I mean, the whole situation is ridiculous. The fact that they even took him and, you know, wh- while they had – Foles on the roster, they could have done this same exact thing and drafted a quarterback or, you know, traded up, which right now it sounds like it could be a trade up for like Trey Lance or something. Um, But not, you know, we have no idea what they're going to do, but um, 
I do think that Foles will be gone. Um, but no, yeah, the, the thing with Trubisky, you're not getting, you're not getting a first, a number one overall or number two overall, excuse me, quarterback. So you're not going to feel that pressure to to rush him into action, and that buys the regime even more time if you say, oh, Dalton. You know, well, he played decent, and he's just grooming this quarterback behind us. So, yeah, I, d- I do think Dalton's going to play quite a bit this year. I tend to agree. You ready to move on the running backs? Yeah. Oh, I had one more quarterback. Um, okay. Um, I, I cut you off. Go ahead. One more. Sorry. No, no, no. We're good. I'll keep it quick. Um, Gardner Minshew. So, uh, we talked about the Jags receiving corps. And buying all of those pieces in part one of the, of our bylaws, um, which has since been muddied due to the signing of Marvin Jones. But what we didn't talk about was a quarterback from last year, Gardner Minshew. Now he's still with the team and most likely won't be playing much when the team drafts Trevor Lawrence, but he's played himself into being a solid trade chip for the Jags. And I could see him getting an opportunity with another team at some point, you know, to showcase his abilities. I wouldn't expect a ton of fantasy production from him, just like I was talking about with Dalton. But, you know, he could be solid if used right, and maybe you can watch, maybe you can catch some of that Minshew mania. Um, what do you think about Minshew? Are you are you buying low, or are you just, yeah? It'd have to be pretty low for me to buy on it, or I have to have a deep roster where I can afford the burner bench spot to burn in weight. Because he's probably out of Jacksonville, but not necessarily for sure. And let's assume he is. The best part from the go would be behind a veteran quarterback who has a year or two left of a Big Ben or Brady, whatever else, and maybe then compete for the starting role in 2022. So if you have a deep enough bench where you're willing to burn him a spot to hold on to him for a year and see what happens, maybe he takes over in a starting role in a situation where he has some weapons that can't succeed. I like it. Minshew showed some flashes of starter talent, you know, during his rookie year and then last year. But I don't think Minshew ever turns into a, a top 20 kind of quarterback in the league. Now, again, we just call it Andy Dalton and Jared Goff and just, hey, you need a body who can throw. He's a guy right now, especially if you wait till after the draft and he doesn't get moved, that's probably time to buy because everybody's going to assume he's staying in Jacksonville to back up Lawrence and then we'll get to training camp and there'll be a Sam Bradford situation from a couple years ago and somebody will lose their starter and they'll trade for Gardner Minshew and maybe you'll lock out. Even if it's only for a year's window because their starts are going to be back in 2022, at least then you got him for next to nothing and potentially be turn around and trade him to a contender if you're rebuilding. So if you could toss a fourth or fifth round at it and can afford the bench spot in case it goes wrong, I like it, but it's not something I'm specifically trying to trade for. Yeah, that makes sense. That's definitely fair. Um, moving on to running backs here, which is definitely the sexier position in fantasy. Um, not that quarterback isn't, but, uh, you know, we love our running backs. Mike, give me one running back who are you, you are, uh, seeing as a value right now that you can snatch up for kind of cheap. I'm going to kind of swing for the fence here. This is going to kind of shock some people as the buy low guy, but, uh, Ezekiel Ellen and Saquon Barkley, two names I'm trying to look in the buying. And your first thought is, you're not buying low on those guys. No. But with last year's successful rookie class, we have probably five guys who are going to be top 40 startup picks this year. 
and the emergence of Javante Williams, Najee Harris, and Travis Etienne in this draft class, those guys are kind of getting left behind, especially Zeke, who has more years and miles on his body. I see people on other podcasts or Twitter trade polls or people asking me, you know, Zeke versus pick 105, 106. And if you're in a running back situation where you need a back, I would happily trade a mid-one for Zeke. And I know he's got mileage on him. I know he's getting towards that 27, 28-year age where it's like time to move on from back. And I know Dallas has weapons and they want to pass. And now they invested in Dax, even more committed to the passing game. But he's an elite running back. And Saquon's coming off the injury after coming off the so-so, you know, performances in his second year. The Giants, we all think of as a dumpster fire, although they are getting much better. Their offensive line is not well-known, but they do have some good pieces on there and headed towards the right direction. And I think he's going to come back off the injury and show a lot of people why he's still a top three or four back in this league. So these aren't your traditional buy-low for third or fourth-round pick kind of guys, but if you've got a you know, mid-first-round pick and you need a running back, Especially post draft, we see where these guys land and what's going on. I would absolutely make that deal immediately because there's not a lot of feature running back spots available for these rookies to run into. It's kind of Pittsburgh, and the Jets, and that's really about it. I mean, Atlanta, maybe, but they seem to like Mike Davis a fair amount, and they don't have the greatest history of producing good running backs since the Devontae Freeman days. So, you know, if these rookies don't land in good spots, you may be even better off just trading for one of these two quote unquote older veterans. And rolling with them for a couple of years and worrying about it in, you know, 22 or 23. Yeah. I think a lot of people were down on Zeke just because of, you know, the season he had, you know, and he struggled with some fumbles at times, but I mean, really Zeke is still a legit, a legit running back in this league. And he did, his touchdowns were down. I mean, he only had six last year, which he had six in 2018, but the yardage wasn't there. He just wasn't being used the way that, you know, he should have been used. And, uh, you know, and I was surprised, too, as you were talking. I looked it up, and he's he's only going to be 26 this year. Yeah. So. And more to point, his struggles last year came from twofold. One, Dak being out, so defense is stacking the box. And more importantly, too, you know, 60% of his offensive line that closed the 2019 season played a total of two games last year. The starting center retired, the right tackle missed the entire year, and the left tackle missed 14 games. That's not good. But then you combine oh, Connor yeah. Williams and Zach Martin, the guard spots also missed time. The Cowboys had the most injuries amongst the offensive line in the league last year. I don't care if you put that Superman behind that line. It's not going to work. Yeah, their, their line was really depleted, um, especially in certain matchups. I would look, actually, to play the defense against them a lot of times because I knew that they're, they're – Offensive line was just so completely depleted that they weren't going to do anything. And Dalton or whoever was back there was just going to have a nightmare of a time. Um, And including Zeke, too, because all you got to do, like you said, stack the box, focus on him. And the the entire offense is shut down at that point. So I would look for Dak being back, Zeke having a big year. I I like that as a buy low. I do. Or, you know, maybe not a traditional buy low, but. You know, I you're buying the downside. Yeah, you're buying his his floor at this point, mm-hmm. I think, and his upside is you know we've seen his upside. Um, the first guy that I have here, 
Um, it's kind of kind of similar to you in that sense that it's not traditional buy low. Um, and I know there are a lot of truthers for this guy and a lot of people that are high on him, and it's only going to be a second season in the NFL. And he didn't really get a complete you know, workload this past season because he was getting vultured by Adrian Peterson and whoever else was there, carry on Johnson, but it's Deandre Swift. And like you mentioned with Jared Goff, you know, people are expecting this team to be bad. You know, they think the lions, Jared Goff, Swift is not in a good situation. That team's going to be terrible. Well, Considered to be in a bad offense, but Jared Goff isn't going to all of a sudden let it loose, I don't think, and throw, you know, 45-plus times a game, which, I mean, he, I think he will have to do more this season than under Sean McVay. He's not going to completely d- get it dumbed down for him. But I think Swift will see an uptick in usage in his second NFL season and could be a big you know, could play a big role in the passing game with the Lions' lack of weapons surrounding Goff with the loss of Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. So, you know, yes, they did sign Jamal Williams, who could, in essence, be a problem as far as eating into his role a little bit. But Jamal Williams didn't need a whole lot of work with the Packers, with Aaron Jones there. So, I think DeAndre Swift, if he is being sold cheaper because people don't believe in that that offense and, you know, he didn't have the greatest rookie season, I, that's somebody who I'm targeting because I'm still real high on him. How do you feel about Swift or am I crazy? No, 100% agree. If you can get him for less than his actual value, I'm 100% back. I don't buy Jamal Woods as being a big factor. I don't buy the Lions just going to have to pass 500 times a game and probably abandon the run. And even so, Swift can catch. Um, off the bat, without knowing where these rookies are going to land, obviously, I would trade, you know, pick 102 for Swift if I needed the running back. So if you can get him for five, four, six, maybe even if you get lucky, I do it in two seconds. It's well worth doing. All right, sweet. Uh, who's, your, who's your next guy, Mike? Uh, my next guy is, is another combo set. Two guys who right now we all assume are going to get replaced, but they may not. And it's Benny Snells and Miles Gaskin. We all think Pittsburgh's going to draft the back, and we all think Miami's going to draft the back now that they missed out on Chris Carson. But they may not. If both teams have other holes they got to plug on the offensive line for Pittsburgh and Miami, at wide receiver maybe for Miami, depending on how they feel about Wolf Fuller and Preston Williams' injuries concerns. Both teams have holes they got to fill. Running backs not typically a move teams spend high draft capital on unless they don't have other major needs or they're a star back. And Pittsburgh has clear holes and Miami has clear holes. We can find ourselves in a situation next year where Benny Snell is the, the lead back in Pittsburgh and Miles Gaskin is, again, the lead back in Miami. And especially in Gaskin's case, we saw how well he played last year prior to the injury. And the fact that they signed Malcolm Brown tells me they're not committed to spending one of those top draft picks they have. You know, their Houston first round, obviously not their late first round, or the Houston early second or their second. I don't think they're going to spend any of those four necessarily on a running back. I think they like Gaskin. And maybe they add somebody on day three, more of a bruise or whatever else to pair with him and Malcolm Brown and the rest of the guys they got there. But Gaskin should be the lead back amongst that group. 
And while people are concerned, Malcolm Brown will come in and steal some goal line touchdowns. Gaskins, if Gaskins gets all the work between the 20s and Brown steals all the work inside the 20s, he's still going to be in that flex ballpark. And right now, you could probably get him for a late two, maybe even a three, depending upon you know how crazy your league is. And I think if he comes out of the draft with no um, high invested draft pick involved, invested by the Dolphins at running back, he's the guy you could turn around and read right away retrade for an early second, maybe even a late first for a running back needy team. So those are two guys that, like I said, you know, you're taking a risk because their value could all of a sudden plummet. Like if Miami takes, you know, Travis Etienne at pick, whatever it is, in this late first round by the Rams, 26, I think it is, or the Steelers take Damian Harris at 24, you could find yourself going, crap, I wasted a pick for nothing because these guys now have been reverted to backup roles. And even then, you could always retrain them for at least something to – whoever drafts those rookies as the handcuff and gets some of your draft capital back. But if they come out of the draft as winners, quote-unquote, you're going to be a winner as well because you're going to turn around and be able to retrade them for, you know, 25 30% more value. Yeah, we're synced up on this one. Uh, Gaskin was another – that was a guy I wrote down. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Miami really likes him, as do you, as do I. Um you know, and that's the reason that I'm mentioning him as well. I, you know, I was looking at fantasypros.com's current ADP, and he's currently being drafted as RB25 right behind Kenyon Drake, who is now in Las Vegas and has to deal with Josh Jacobs handling the bulk of the carries in that offense. So, you know, that kind of tells you all you need to know right there that if Gaskin, right now, he projects as the lead running back in Miami. Um, so the fact that he's getting drafted below someone like Kenyon Drake, I mean, Gaskin, he averaged 4.1 yards per attempt, which is okay. Uh, but he caught 41 passes on 47 targets for 9.5 yards per catch, which is pretty damn good. Um, and he did that while only playing in 10 games and only starting seven of those games. So 41 catches. So I think he's a good PPR guy. Um, I, you know, he's going to get those receptions. He's not a running back that shies away from that or is one that's just a bruising type of back. So he's versatile that way. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I really like this Gaskin call. All right. We're in sync there. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next guy I got here is actually my last buy low for today anyways. Uh, Rashad Penny. So yeah, I, I already tell you now. I don't like this. You don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> that's fine. No, that's fine. I've got a weird thing with Rashad Penny though. I've always kind of liked Penny, and you know he's dealt with injuries. He's had a lot of injuries. He can't stay on the field. Um, but he's a former first round pick, and he's played well. As we said about G- Gaskin, when he's been on the field, he's played well. Um, and Chris Carson, he's dealt with his own injuries, and he missed four games last year. You know, Carson was just retained. But Penny could eat into that production, I think, and even surpass him on the depth chart if Carson were to get injured and Penny were to produce. I mean, Penny, in his career, out of games he's played, he's averaging 5.1 yards per carry. So the talent is certainly there. I, I really think, you know, if they are serious and they've already made some improvements to that line, 
which Russell Wilson has complained about. And, you know, it seems his voice is getting heard and they want to keep him happy, which is a smart, very wise decision for uh, by the Seahawks to make. Um, there's no reason why they won't be able to run the football as well and be even better running the football. Uh, I do really like Chris Carson. I do, but um, I think this is more of, you know, a handcuff type of situation that I could see really paying off uh, in the long run. So or tell me why you do not like this, Mike. So, okay, so first off, if you're using this as a complete dart throw and you're trading a late fifth-round pick saying if he can stay healthy, he has shown some promise, okay, I can, I can get behind that. But I'm not investing anything that I'm counting on him in terms of draft capital. Um, the injuries are a problem. He's always been injury prone. Even back to his days at San Diego State, he's had injury issues. He has not been able to stay healthy completely. And we're going into year four. The Seahawks are going to immediately decline his fifth-year option for the 2022 season because no in hell they're going to guarantee his salary against injury. So he, he's going to be in a contract game. He's got to prove it. And maybe he can stay healthy enough and actually be valuable enough. But they re-signed Chris Carson to a pretty hefty contract. That tells me Seattle, who is not exactly swimming in cap space, is committed to using Carson as their lead guy. That's one. Two, when Carson missed time in the past, they have not been committed to one guy. And I know Penny didn't play last year really because he's been injured coming off the 20 ACL at the end of 2019 season. But, you know, they used Alex Collins. They used Dodge Dallas. They used Travis Homer. I mean, they tried to bring back Marshall Lynch out of retirement again. They can use 8 million running backs as you have no idea who it is any weeks. So, Again, if you're going to throw a dartboard late fifth at it because you are dying at running back and you're not going to get any running back that late before it's holding on to your roster and maybe the colonel is just like, let me just get something for this bum before he's out of the league. Sure, I'm all in favor of taking fifth rounders and throwing about the dartboard and seeing what happens, whether it's with the rookie draft or training for a veteran who has a very questionable history with injuries like Penny. But short of that, I- I'm out. I just don't trust Penny. I didn't like Penny coming out of San Diego State. I don't like the fact that Seattle used so many different backs last year when Carson went out. I don't like the fact that they re-signed Carson. It all screams it's a Carson gig or stay the hell away from Seattle's back. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I definitely, I'm not investing more than a fifth rounder either. I, I'm looking at him as like a complete, I think if he comes in and produces, if Carson gets hurt or something, which I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't want an injury. We don't look for injuries, but, you know, and say you are a Chris Carson owner, I think I would be more than happy to go and get a uh, penny for a fifth because, like you said, yeah, we don't know who would be the running back because they, they kind of mix and match and go by running back by committee. But uh, I, I think if Penny's out there and healthy, I think he's – I'm willing to bet that he's the RB2. You know, even though DJ Dallas, you know, he showed flashes. I just think that his uh, abilities is a little bit above uh, everybody else on their roster. But I can definitely, I definitely see your point, though, with Penny. Um, yeah, give me, uh, give me another guy, Mike. Who's somebody else you're buying low on? My last guy I got buying low on, and this is going to kind of come off as odd or mistimed, but I'm still buying low on A.J. Dillon. Yes, I know they re-signed Aaron Jones, and it's a four-year contract, but really it's a two-year deal. The way they structured it with him having a $7 million roster bonus, like the third or fifth day of the league year 
in the third year of contract, so before the 2023 season, all but guarantees the Packers are going to cut him because his cap number that year is $19 million. They're not going to pay $19 million for a running back. I don't give a damn how good he is. First of all, he's not as good as Chris McCaffrey, and they're not paying him $19 million. So he's going to get cut after two years. And you're saying two years down the line, that's a hell of a long time to wait just to get a running back. That's going to be in the last year of his rookie contract and on the verge of being let go himself, potentially. But they let Jamal Williams go, and last year they used both backs, Jones and Williams. They're going to use both Dylan and Jones in Green Bay. They didn't invest a second-round pick in A.J. Dillon just so they could say, okay, well, we re-signed Jones, hold the clipboard, and get some Gatorade for the veteran kid. They're going to use him. He's going to get the goal line work. They saw what he can do in the you know, regular season finale of the playoff games. He showed some good promise. And, you know, Green Bay wants to protect Aaron Jones because he has dealt with some injuries in the past. And when you invest in a player, you've got to say, now, okay, now we have to make sure this guy's around for when it matters, the playoffs. So, you're going to get games during the season where A.J. Dillon is going to out-snap and out-touch Aaron Jones because the Packers are going to be ahead. And instead of letting Aaron Jones take the beating between the tackles when it's, you know, second and four in the late third quarter and you're up by 16 points, you're going to let A.J. Dillon do that instead. And maybe it'll lead to a breakaway and a couple extra touchdowns. And, you know, you'll see what you get from him. I don't think he's going to be an RB1 or two, obviously. I don't even think he's going to be a consistent flex option for you. But when you get into those dog days of bye weeks or you get struck by the injury bug, He's a guy that you're hoping falls in the end zone or has a big breakaway run. And there's a lot of other running backs out there from that similar situation, none of which I think have a best or better odds of succeeding in that role than Dylan does. And if Jones gets hurt, you get yourself a top five running back like that because they don't have anything else on that depth chart behind them. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he only carried the ball 46 times. And he rushed, you know, 5.3 yards per carry. Um, So he he definitely showed flashes. And like you said, he didn't get much time. But, you know, they used Williams a lot like that. And he probably will be used um, as a number two, like Williams was. Um, They're not going to grind Aaron Jones into the the mud. They want to keep him fresh down the stretch because they expect to contend as they do every year. And uh, I think they know, you know, keeping him fresh and kind of going with a one and using that that second guy is pretty key. And A.J. Dillon, he broke six tackles in those 46 rushes. So uh, that's a pretty good rate. I mean, that's – you're talking he was breaking a tackle every seven – every seven carries, basically. Just over every seven carries. So I like this uh, AJ Dillon call. But yeah, I think that just about wraps us up here. Unless you have, do you have another uh, running back? A lot of my Bilo guys got screwed with the free agency news. Like I was going to talk about uh, JJ uh, Taylor. They re signed James White today. So they went that. So, mm. Kind of a blessing and a curse all at the same time. But running backs are the hardest to buy low on because they don't have such a short shelf life and there's not a lot of. Yeah, the position. So. But I think the names we gave you guys are good targets to go after. Yeah, definitely. I think we gave out some good picks here, good good players to to look at. Um, you know, some guys that we're both in on, you know, with yeah. uh, Sam Darnold, I think we were both on. and Gaskins, uh, yeah. Gaskin, yeah, Miles Gaskin. A lot of these guys I think we agree on, except for maybe uh, Rashad Penny. 
Um, and but yeah, um, Mike, this has been fun. Let's let's uh, talk some dynasty here coming up. Um, we'll do another episode. I'm not sure what we'll discuss. Maybe check in on how these buy lows are going. What maybe talk about some some news developing stuff that's happening around the league. We'll Who talk knows? About the, we're talk. After the draft. That's what we'll do. The draft. Yeah, we should cover. Uh, We'll talk about uh, where some of these prospects land or something. Yeah, we'll figure well, it out. Yeah, we could preview it, too. Who knows? But, sure. uh, yeah, Mike, it's been fun. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you. You guys can find me on Twitter at Mike underscore NFL and then the number two. Again, that's Mike underscore NFL two. Yeah, and I forgot to mention that this podcast is sponsored by primetimesportstalk.com, which – is where you can find a lot of Mike's work, well, all of his work, and uh, my work as well. So you can follow me at the Riot Three Two Six and follow the show at ST Stat Sheet and leave a five star rating and review if you like this episode. And if you don't, hit me up on Twitter. And let me know. I don't care. I like to hear it. So uh, yeah, that was. Buying low on quarterbacks and running backs. Till next time. See you later. See ya.